Okay, so welcome to Wild Women. Today we have another special guest. Her name is Christina. Uh, Christina is the CEO of Ethereal, and it's an amazing company that I've been volunteering and working for for the last few years. And it's all about um, female empowerment, and it covers a lot of subjects like mental health and all of that. And overall, Christina is just really a sweet girl and a lady boss babe. So, Christina, can you tell us more a little bit about Ethereal? Yeah, so I started Ethereal when I was barely 20 years old. So I was in my second year of school. Um, I go to the University of Guelph and I'm studying psychology. Um, At the time, I was also minoring in marketing slash business. Yeah, I have loved doing like learning about psychology in school and I really wanted to like implement that into an organization. It started off as an Instagram, actually. Um, I started off like by posting a lot about, um, like you said, like women empowerment, um, sexual health a lot of. And as the time went on, it kind of formed into um, something bigger and it really formed into empowering women and girls to be in community with one another and what that looks like and what it looks like to have healthy relationships with one another and being there through the thick and the thin. So it's kind of formed into that. Um, We also sell products. Um, The products are, they they all go towards like their programming costs. Mm -hmm. So it's a non-for-profit and yeah, that's basically what Ethereal is. (laughs) That's amazing. And what made you decide to like go from Instagram to actually like building a business? Um, so for years, um, ever since I was a little girl, my parents are entrepreneurs and I've seen them like kind of work in that space. And I knew I've always known that I wanted to have my own business slash practice because um, I wanted to be a psychotherapist for a while. Um, at one point I even wanted to be a pediatrician and they, they do kind of like work for themselves. Right. So I've always had that mindset since I mindset since I was like a really little girl and yeah, I have spent, I think it was like the big switch for me was realizing that there was a need in the space Mm -hmm. for that. And I didn't want to wait another two years until I was done school. I'm still in school. So ethereal wouldn't exist yet if I had waited, Mm -hmm. um, and we've already changed so many lives and I've seen so many people, Camille, yourself included, do like 180s in your life mm-hmm. um, and see these women become someone that they've always wanted to become. And it's hard to imagine that that wouldn't have happened if I didn't start it when I felt like um, I wasn't ready, but I did it anyway kind of thing. Um, yeah, I guess like what really made me change it from like an Instagram into a company was just seeing the need and Mm. trying to apply that into the world. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Um, So tell us about a day in the life of a CEO. What kind of things do you do? What are your responsibilities? Like, do you have like creative time to think about new things or? 
Um, so it totally, the life of an entrepreneur is unpredictable. So one week you could be like rolling in the money and like so happy with life and living your best life. And the next week you're like, how can I afford lunch? Um, how do I afford rent? And how, like, what am I doing? Like, I don't have a team. And the next week you have a full team and you're like, what's going on? So it's like all over the place, honestly. Um, but currently in the season that we're in right now with like COVID, I'm spending lots of hours on Zoom um, and I'm really just focusing on, um, yeah, I'm just doing a lot of meetings with my team members. I have um, a wellness sector of the company. So we're working on like programming, launching women's programming. Um, and then we also have like a branding sector, which is more like the creative stuff. So it's like the color palettes and like the aesthetic of the Instagram. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So I'm kind of like jumping all over the place with that and creating that. But a lot of it is delegation. And a lot of people don't know this when you become a CEO, but a lot of the job is delegating your jobs to other people and doing that like efficiently. So I spend a lot of my time doing that. Mm. Yeah. And talking about COVID, how was the company affected by it? Um, yeah, we actually, so we had youth programming in person in Guelph. So um, that's for girls age 13 to 19 and they'd come in. Um, it's kind of like, imagine like, um, like girl guides meets like, therapy like group therapy it's kind of yeah that's how I like to explain it um but we had to stop doing that uh obviously because like of the person limit and yeah we've moved it all online which was a huge process I've actually like completely like tore down and rebuilt up the company during this um we actually went from a team of like four to a team of 14 in a week um yeah it was insane but it's growing now more than ever. And the online presence has really been like um, something that I didn't know that we needed, but is definitely like, it's definitely needed. And I'm seeing so many people come out and show up and be very invested in it. So we've moved our programming online. I've also been able to have the time to start up women's programming again. And um, we started young adults programming. I think it was, maybe like February, we tried to launch it and it was just an epic fail just because I had so many things on my plate. I couldn't like put the time into it, but now I'm able to put the time into it and we're launching it in like a week. So yeah. So are there any, like you've talked about some challenges and like the ups and downs and stuff like that. Um, What do you think people have to pay attention to when they are starting a business. So like what's some of the like early mistakes you made that you know now and will never make again? Um, I started out with co-founders and I think like it's really important for people to understand that it's really hard to work at the top with another person. Um, it can ruin relationships. It can um, really put like a mental toll on yourself and like trying to like to like figure that out and like navigate that. Um, That was definitely like the biggest challenge in my career, I think, was the switch from having three CEOs to having one. Mm -hmm. Um, So just starting off by one would have been a lot easier. And, but it 
like yeah so like that was one thing another thing is like pay attention to the wellness of the people that you work with so if you hire someone um sorry if you hire somebody um pay attention to like taking care of them versus taking care of the company i like to go by like the motto that you should be taking care of the people because the people are like the are the people lover the company isn't the people lover so like for us we're like in a wellness um we're in the wellness sector of like companies and organizations and if we focused on like the organizational structural aspect too much it would definitely just take away from um what the company means and what it is and yeah i'm a huge advocate for taking care of my team before um taking care of like the business's needs because as long as your team members are happy and healthy and doing well like your business will naturally flourish so yeah definitely so um tell us what kind of things you do to make sure that your team's doing well like are there team building exercises you do like you send them on little wellness retreats and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. yeah we have some wellness retreats yeah so that was so fun um we totally like we haven't done it in like a year like I think the last one we did was the one at the hotel a year ago and Camille was there um but we did like a retreat at the time we didn't have a big team so we kind of invited some of our youth out and brand ambassadors out as well um and whoever came came and we ended up having I think like eight people um so we do retreats um and we did a lot of like team building and honestly just like bonding like just like genuine connection um which is what the company is all about so it's very important um but i also like i've also started caring for my team in a different way ever since like covid started we actually started doing wellness trackers so um through email they're automatically sent out to each person in the company and we have different tiers in the company. So depending on the tier, you fill it out for the people that you're responsible for caring for. Um, for example, like we have like youth facilitators and they are in charge of running our youth program. So each youth facilitator is assigned about five girls and they fill out the wellness tracker, basically telling us like how the, each girl is doing and like really caring about their like development and like self-growth. Um, writing that down so then when it goes up to the next person that they submit the wellness tracker form to eventually if there is an issue it'll come to me and like we can deal with it directly which is like really great Um, it's just very efficient Um, or for example like for team members like I have my chief of wellness Andrea she'll get a wellness tracker and we will um, she'll fill it out for the two different program directors. So we have like a program director for youth and one for young adults and she'll do it for those two leaders. So it's not just the people in programming, but like our team does it for people under them. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's how we kind of track wellness. I'm very organizational. I love Excel sheets. So -hmm. we have many, many, many of those. And Mm -hmm we kind of like track that down. And once that logistical side is, we can actually, sorry, once that logistical side is like complete and like filled out properly, we can kind of like move into caring really well for the people and finding what works best for the individual that's struggling. 
whether that's finding external help, like through a therapist or um, a doctor, or if it just means that they need a friend or someone to talk to. So, yeah. Amazing. Can you tell us a little bit more of the people who make up your team? Like, um, are they mostly university students or some of them specialists? Do some of them have different certificates like life coaching or social work? They go all across the board, honestly. So right now, um, my chief of wellness, she's almost done her undergrad in neuroscience and a minor in French and what was the other one? Uh, psychology or something like that. Um, but she's, she's very smart, very, very smart. And she, yeah, she's educated. So she's able to care for people on a different level, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, so that's Andrea. She's my chief of wellness. And then we also have, uh, Catherine and she is the chief of branding and she's actually in her, she's going into her second year at the university of Waterloo for, um, Oh, social deviance, something to do with like social, like sociology, something along that line. Um, It's a very specific program name. I just don't remember it. Um, Yeah. And she's in charge of like the branding of the company. So how it like looks to external people, like the aesthetic of it, the Instagram, like um, making sure like blogs go up when we do that. And yeah, she does that. Um, Under Katie, we have three uh, facilitators, um, who are like branding assistants, I guess. So they help with like graphic creation, um, photography if needed and just the general, like whatever Katie needs help with in terms of branding. Under Andrea, we have two different sections. So we have like youth, um, the director of youth, which is Megan and she's finishing up her, I think she's going into her fourth year of psychology at the university of Guelph. Um, and she is the director of the youth program and, and under her, we have three youth facilitators and they're in charge of directly caring for the kids. So we have people, um, we have a girl who, um, is Sam and she, like, I don't know if you guys know her on Instagram. It's anxiously awesome. Um, so she has a background like schooling in, um, child and youth studies so she's able to apply like her degree there or diploma there and then we also have um, two other psychology students and they're both named Paige we have Paige Downey and Paige Deeth and they're great um, but they're also in school for psychology so a lot of people in the wellness just because like that's what they're studying that's what they're interested in so they just apply and that's what happens um, in terms of the young adult programming, we have Olivia Barber, who actually went to school for marketing, which is funny, but she's in charge of our young adults program, like our director for it. And then under her, we have three young adult facilitators. Um, We have Emma, who is currently in her master's for companion animal nutrition. Um, So she's about to graduate in December. And then we have... um, we have Emily Mossman, who worked with uh, the tr- the Children's AIDS Society, Children's Wish, Wish Foundation for like years. Um, I think that's what it was. And now she's working somewhere in Guelph, totally unrelated. I can't remember where she works right now. Something to do with animals. I know that. 
And then um, who else is, do we have? We have Allison Purdy, and I believe she's studying psychology at the University of Guelph. So we have like our entire wellness section is a lot of psych people um, mm-hmm. and or they're really smart people who already have their degrees and like are yeah. living their life. So yeah, it's a big team. I know I just listed like 30,000 people, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love them all so much. Each individual is so important to me. And like the reason um, I think that I like counting these people is because people count. Um, so yeah. That's basically, that's the team. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, what do you like the most about your job? And what do you find the most difficult? Um, I think something that I really love about my job is, like, I, I'm an introvert, but I really thrive on personal connection and, like, mm-hmm. deep connection. Um, even on, honestly, even, like, on a spiritual level, like, a spiritual connection with people. So being able to do that um, in my job is like a dream. Like being able to love people for a living is basically my job. And I love that. Um, I think that's definitely my favorite part. Something that's really difficult. um, I'd have to say being at the top is lonely sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like making decisions that are like, that only you can make, or if there's an issue and it gets to you, obviously it's a pretty severe one if it gets to you, if you're all the way at the top. Um, so for example, we've had instances where um, youth have gone to their leaders and stated that they were feeling unsafe or suicidal and the leaders come to me and they're like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. So being that person to make that call is very stressful. Um, it's definitely the hardest part of the job but it reaps so much benefit when you make the right decision and you're able to help that person through that. Um, Personally, like I've been able to watch girls completely change their lives. Girls who come from low income, who would have never had the chance to even get an opportunity, like being part of something like ethereal. And I've been able to watch them flourish and grow. And it's been amazing. Like watching like especially like the teenage girls, like watching them go from um, being someone who defined themselves as their mental illness and defined themselves as like not good enough or didn't know how to set healthy boundaries or um, didn't really want to get help with their mental illness because they thrived in their identity in it. And watching them do a 180 and turning into little 25-year-old women (laughs) when they're 16 is just like incredible. And like, I love that. It's like definitely the most rewarding part of my job. Um, But yeah, the difficult part is definitely when things get to me, like the things at the top get to my level where I have to deal with that um, can be kind of stressful, which is also why I think it's super important to have a mentor in business and in life, um, which is our programming offers that directly. Um, But for me, obviously I can't be part of my own programming, um, but I have like other mentors in my life that are through my church or um, just through um, life that I've met along the way. And they kind of help me and guide me and help me make those decisions and make me feel confident in them when I make them. Great. Um, You talked a little bit about your interest in sexuality. 
Um, I think that that's a really up and coming topic, especially in academia right now. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think it's so important for young women and girls and anyone really to just like know themselves um, and to really try to like be themselves in a way that is going to honor themselves, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of people like I know that in terms of like sexuality or in terms of just life who make decisions that don't, um, that don't honor like themselves, their bodies. Um, So there's so many people with like sex addictions out there. And I think it's so important to like talk to these people and tell them the importance of like, like why, why should you honor yourself and why should you um, create healthy choices for yourself? Like it's a form of self-care honestly, is -hmm. to be able to know um, yourself sexually, but also being able to like completely be yourself in like a world of sex, honestly. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain that, but like I tried my best. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Especially like, I don't know, especially in university where hookup culture is something that's really prevalent. A lot of people can lose themselves in it. And especially like because like hookup culture does involve the partying and the alcohol and the drugs too, right? So you're already not in your right mind when you're engaging in that. And then like the sexual part becomes, uh, I guess, inevitable after that too, right? Because you're not giving yourself that extra moment to really think about what you're doing, right? It's so true. Yeah. And I think like, a lot of the time, these sex addictions come hand in hand with other addictions, whether it's like alcoholism, drug addiction, um, even addiction to like putting yourself down. Um, and it's really sad to see that. But I think a lot of people don't even like people don't talk about that um, in terms of like sexuality. A lot of people um, are like talking about like pride and they're talking about like love who you love, which is important, but it's also important to like, remember to honor yourself and all of that. And like, don't just give yourself away, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. it's so important to like, yeah, to like your body is your temple. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's your body, like make sure you're making decisions for yourself that you will be happy with and content with, um, and not regret later on. There's also like a huge thing um, right now that I'm noticing a lot more than ever is like a lot of people have pornography addictions Mm -hmm. and like how unhealthy that can get. And we live in a world where people are like empowering sexuality and empowering um, sex and idolizing sex. And I think it's so important to talk about like that there are a lot of people struggling with pornography addictions and um I don't just mean men. There's a lot of women too who struggle with that. Um, Some of my closest friends have struggled with that and watching them go through that. It makes me really wonder, is it all worth it in the end? So that's something that I'm really passionate about is teaching girls and women to honor themselves in the sex they're having and um, to not let go of any of your beliefs based on like what society is saying. Mm -hmm. No, it's definitely important. Mm-hmm. What are your inspiration? What motivates you? Um, I have a really corny answer. Um, mm-hmm. 
kind of controversial. Um, my faith really inspires me. So I'm a Christian. And when everything else is falling around me, I know that God is always going to be there. And a lot of people, um, there's, there's a lot of like hate around Christians, especially like right now in the world, there's a lot going on, but I'm definitely like, that's something that keeps me going in and out. Like I know that no matter what happens, no matter what I do and no matter like um, the situations that I'm in, I'm going to have God in my corner and I can always like pray and have him there guiding me um, and showing me what is right and what is wrong and what I um, should do and what I shouldn't do. And honestly, like the huge, like the huge base on Christianity and what Christianity is, is to love others and to love people, um, to love God and to love people is like the biggest commandments in the Bible. And that's something that, um, drives me. And it's honestly, it's my calling to love other people. So, um, yeah, I think that's something that is something I can always count on something that isn't going to leave. Um, it's always going to be there. Um, everything in life is just so impermanent. You just don't know when things are going to up and leave or like everything's impermanent in life, except for the memories you make and the lessons you learn. And, but God isn't impermanent. It's one of those things that is not. So that's something that inspires me. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you say that life is impermanent. That's, that's a very tough lesson for a lot of people to learn. And a lot of people like never realize that. And um, one thing that Camille and I have talked about before is like thinking about your future self and like when your future self looks back on what you're doing today, what will your future self like see or think and like, are you going to be able to get to where you want to be in your future self um, with like what you're doing today? Um, so where did you learn that lesson about uh, the impermanence of life and like that kind of stuff? Um, that's a really tough one. I think I, I was in high school. I remember that. I remember I was around 16 and I was really struggling. I was in a peak of BPD. So I used to have borderline personality disorder. And for those of you who don't know what borderline personality disorder is, it's basically like being super insecure in relationships in your life and um, you either hate someone or you love someone and there is no gray area. So I think for me, um, I wasn't diagnosed with BPD yet at that age. Um, you actually aren't allowed to be diagnosed until I think you're 20 or 21. Um, but it was, it was very obvious BP, it was very obviously BPD and not another mental illness at that point. Um, I think I had a boyfriend at the time who told me, um, that everything in life is impermanent except for the memories you make and lessons you learn. And it's always just stuck with me. I don't remember what happened that, but I remember the feeling that I had when I was told that and it kind of stuck with me. And as I've grown up, I was raised in a Catholic household, but I wasn't raised, um, really having like a relationship with God. It was more so, um, I want to say like rules and regulations that I have to follow and like practices that I need to do. And it was very like to the book as I grew up and I discovered 
what Christianity was um, when I discovered the church that I go to right now, Slate Church in Waterloo. Um, they really taught me um, God is God is permanent. He's like the only thing that is permanent. Like how you're feeling, like feelings are impermanent. Um, and it really taught me to be spirit led and not heart led, which a lot of people get really confused with. Um, but I'm, I'm learning, I'm still learning. It's not easy, but learning how to be led by like a spirit versus, um, your heart because your heart wants what your heart wants, but like, it isn't always the best choice for you and what your calling is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like learning to listen to that and be guided by that. Um, and just knowing that at the end of the day, something that I can always count on is my eternity. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. What kind of support does a business need to grow? Um, you have to have people in your corner. Um, but that being said, people aren't going to start in your corner. So when I started Ethereal, I, my parents were like, you're nuts. You're 20. Like you're in school. Focus on that. Why are you so nutso and starting a business? And it took them about a year until they started to see, but I think it was the lives being changed that they were like, okay, this isn't just like some fluffy pastime. Like this is an organization that's helping so many people. Um, and then it started to get really serious. I think like you don't have to start with support but you can't withhold without, or you can't like go through the process without eventually getting support. Um, like for me, I have a mentor um, right now and she's amazing and she helps me um, in really tough decisions, kind of walks me through. She's actually like, it's kind of funny. She kind of plays like a bunch of roles in my life. Um, at my church, she's my connect group leader. So she like leads me in my faith. Um, but she also... Um, leads me as a leader in my church. So she's also my um, community care leader. So she leads me there. And then she also is my boss. Um, I started working at a media company part-time, um, Bond Media. And she leads me there too. So like in every area I look, she's there. And I know that's for a reason right now. Like God's placed her there for a reason. Um, but it's been very interesting. Um, like, learning from her and watching her and her being honest and raw and real is like really inspired me. Um, and having her support, like kind of knowing that like, no matter if my business fails and no matter if I feel as a human being that she's going to be there is like really encouraging to me. And yeah, so there's definitely like having like a mentor is super important as well as obviously like family and friends. Um, and you're going to make, and you're, like, I think like the one thing that's made me lose friends the most is being a, a CEO. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because like, I'm not able to put the same amount of time in as most people would into a friendship. Um, not in a bad way. It's not like I neglect them and I'm toxic and abusive or anything, but it's definitely like my eggs are scattered differently and they're not all in one basket. Like a lot of people our age and they don't understand that. And they may never understand that. But yeah, just watching that kind of like take off in terms of like my own taking care of myself as well, like my like support, like I think like self-care is so important. 
Um, and it looks different for everyone. For me, that, that means I have to spend time with God every morning, but like, there are a lot of people who aren't Christians, um, who can do this in other ways. And like, even like I'm a pure believer that everyone should have a therapist at one point in their life. And there's so many people that I would deem healthy, but who have also benefited from having a therapist. And like, that's really great support, especially when you're doing so much at like, I'm 22. (laughs) So like, it's definitely been like kind of nuts watching this like whirlwind happen in front of me. Yeah. I love having the support of the people that I have in my corner right now. And I don't think I would trade any of them for any reason. And like, even as they flow in and out, like through like life, I know that they're there for a reason at the time that they're there. And they're able to support me in a way that that I nece- not, didn't necessarily know I needed, but I needed at the time. So, um, In a few words, can you tell us what success means to you? What success means to me? Feeling an overall feeling of joy mm-hmm. in life. Um, and I don't mean happiness. Happiness and joy are two totally separate things. Um, happiness is impermanent joy is forever um so feeling joyous is definitely something that defines what success is to me um as well as i think love is so important um being able to not only like give out that love but being able to receive that is a gift and yeah that's I think what success is to me is like having joy, like pure joy, as well as being able to give and receive love. Love it. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Christina. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. You're an amazing person. (laughs) Thank you.